The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Let's start by talking about rents, though, and this report from Daft.ie today showing that rents soaring at the fastest rate on record. The number of rental properties, the stock in this country has dwindled by almost 100 percent over the last 10 years. The number of stock that's actually available, vacant at the moment to rent, but 716 were available on August 1st, down from almost two and a half thousand on the same date last year. In other words, all the numbers, all of them, trending in the wrong direction. Stephen Curran is with me. He's communications officer at Community Action Tenants Union. Stephen, how is all of this manifesting itself for the people that you work with? Well, um, as you can see, like um, another number you can quote there is that evictions are on the increase also. So, like, what we're basically seeing is that um, people are basically being forced out of their homes and they have nowhere else to go. And basically, the only other option then is homelessness, which is also on the increase. Um, so, to give you an example, like a very typical case that we would have is I remember. Dimitar in Grange Gorman. He uh, he's been living there with his father for the last twelve years. Um, just before the rent pressure zones were brought in, his rent was increased massively. Then when uh, the Covid happened, he he tried to apply for half after losing his job, but the landlord refused to half. And uh, then basically, the landlord only registered with the RTB after after serving him an eviction notice after living there for 12 years and only giving him 30 days notice. So we've been working with him locally because we're organised locally by local branch to try and defend the retire from being evicted and pushed into homelessness effectively. But yeah, rising rents, low properties equals homelessness. Uh, and uh, I mean... It's hard to see, and and you're kind of on the ground, boots on the ground, Stephen, so you'll understand this. You'll be able to take the temperature better than the rest of us, maybe. It's hard to see the situation improving in the short term. Yeah, I think think there's stuff that can be done, you know, um, but I think what we're trying to do is organise tenants to to collectively fight together, to collectively fight for rights such as reinstating an eviction ban, for example, which did work to bring down evictions, obviously. Um, so we, we need to see tenants come together. We need to see tenants organise themselves because nothing has been done at either local government or mm. government level to help us. I, I'm I, like when there's talk of eviction bans, though. I mean, that's the sort of stuff that makes landlords nervous. And one of the problems we have here is landlords leaving the market, isn't it? Well, you know, when landlords leave the market, they don't take the properties with them. You know, properties are physical asset it will either be sold or it will be sold off to someone who will rent it out like you know it, properties don't leave the market so we're not too concerned with landlords leaving the market um, because that would mean someone else will take that house yeah but uh, uh, other people are buying the house is, is is often what seems to be the case you know it's kind of accidental landlords for example recouping uh, uh, the losses they might have made post-crash or suddenly find themselves not in negative equity anymore. And yeah, you're right, the bricks and mortar are still there, but they're not part of the rental stock. It, it certainly, if you look at the numbers, it looks like when the landlord leaves, the new person who buys it isn't necessarily renting it out. It looks like they're living in it. Yeah, well, the, the, the hope is, is that that'll be something that's coming out of the rental market. But even if it's 
like we, we, we do agree another thing that we're trying to to fight for is that we, we effectively need a large-scale public housing programme and that's the only thing that's going to take us out of this in the long term. Similar to what we see in Vienna or Singapore where it's, it's accessible to all citizens and it's a fixed price of your income effectively um, and that would be the only thing that can, that can uh, sort this out. So a, a big increase in the available stock through a, a, a dedicated state agency effectively building houses. Yeah, exactly. And, and using the state's land, bag, land banks instead of at the moment what we see, for example, with Devney Gardens, where they, they handed their over to a private developer who who has increasingly changed the plans and increasingly, and, and, and when they do build them, they're built at rent that no one can afford. Like the, the, the median income in Ireland is effectively 28 grand and no one can afford the level of rents being charged by these private developers. Do you, do you worry that a kind of a state agency doing this will end up like lots of our other state agencies, kind of big and bloated and bureaucratic and slow? Well, like I, I think, I, I think that's where you know tenants organising themselves will, will will have a big impact because if, if people are putting pressure on them to constantly, you know, be doing better and doing the right thing, then hopefully that won't happen. Like we've yeah. seen with other models, like as I mentioned with Vienna and Singapore, like this type of yeah, no, no, it can. I, I'm always I'm always kind of interested in it because I like there there's kind of ideologues who 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 just insist. You know, it's the state who do it. There's ideologues in the other direction who just want the private market uh, to sort the problem out. I'm kind of somewhere in between. I'm I'm willing to go down whatever route provides a solution. I just worry when I look at other kind of public services, you look at something like the HSE or something like that. And and I think, are are we really the right country to build public housing, Like to to set up a public body that builds public housing? I, I, I struggle to think of another public service beyond revenue, which are just taking money off you. So, of course, they're efficient, uh, that, 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 that are as efficient as a private developer. Well, it's something that we've done in the past, you know, like we have precedent for it. Like for a long time, the majority of housing provided in this country was provided by the state, effectively up yeah. until the late 70s, 80s. So, you know, and if you look at other things that we've done in the past, like electrify or like electrify the country through the ESB, when that was established, like we can do it and we can do it well. Um, I guess, um, yeah. you know, like, it's the most effective way out of this and we shouldn't avoid a solution for fear of it not working out, you know. Maybe, I mean, a bit harsh on us <laughs> as a people. Maybe we'd be well able to establish a, an efficient uh, a public housing agency that would do exactly as, you, as you're looking for, Stephen, that would provide public housing uh, for people and increase stock. Stock is the, the big issue. When you look at all these numbers, it is all about a lack of stock. Quiva is on the line as well. Uh, Quiva is living in County Limerick, I understand, at the moment. Uh, Quiva, a bit of a horror story, though, about a place you were renting in Cork previously. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so... Um before I got the property that I'm in now, and I got a letter today when I was working from home to say that my um, that my rent is going up um, from the first of November, but um, the rent is still much more manageable in this property, which is registered with the RTB than it was in the last place I was living in. Um, so I was living in a house that wasn't registered, and I was paying eight hundred euros for a room um, in the house. So it, it, it was a bit of a nightmare. There was kind of a, a lot of issues with the house itself. 
What what were the issues? So, you know, I had gotten a job in the city, so I had to get a room at the last minute. And um, when I got to this house, the landlord kind of told me, you know, this is all legal, what I'm doing, because it's no different to someone kind of renting out a room in their family home, because this is like my family home. But he didn't actually live there. But he had cameras set up in the hallway and in the kitchen um, of the property. And I started. So, to so he could watch. He could watch you when you were in the kitchen. Well, he told us that he wasn't watching us while we were in the kitchen. That he only had the cameras there to um, to kind of look back if anything happened. Right. But then another, yeah. But then another housemate did have kind of like a few people around for drinks. Maybe like ten people. It certainly wasn't rowdy. Um, and the landlord did kick off at him because he had covered up the cameras when he had the people around. I think just because he didn't feel comfortable having his friends being filmed, do you know, in a way. Um, so, so he did have cameras up in the property, and he said he was kind of legally entitled to do that. Um, so that was a bit unnerving. But then the other thing was kind of what he was doing was he was putting up the price of these rooms each time. So in the time I was there, which was for like six months, the room next door to me went up from 800 to 900. Um, and then I think he put it up again to a grand by the time I had gone. And it was kind of like Apple workers or people coming from another country who were just desperate for a room on short notice. Um, and when I tried to negotiate with him to say like, I can't find anywhere else. I need to stay here a bit longer. If I stay longer, could we go down to 700? He said, well, no, because I can get somebody yeah. to take it for 800, you know? I mean, like, it strikes me that in a functioning market, you know, you, you and the other people living in the house would just be able to kind of very politely give that landlord the two fingers. I mean, whatever he says, he can put cameras and film you in your kitchen. Um, but this is the struggle... Quiva, isn't it, that, that you and others have is that, well, th- there is nowhere else to go and you don't want to annoy the landlord too much. And I suppose other manifestations of that are people who kind of end up, you know, they fix their own oven or dishwasher or they buy a replacement toaster when it dies, even though the landlord should be doing, you know, these bits and pieces. They just don't want to annoy the landlord. Yeah, totally. I think the problem is as well is like, for example, I, I was in college in Galway before that and you've got to find a lot of housing if you're just looking for a room as a student or as a graduate. You've got to find it through Facebook groups and social media. So there's kind of no really, it's not verified in any way, you know. And then when you get there, it's not registered. And sometimes, the, you know, the person who you got the room from says, you know, that the landlord's never visited in, in years. Mm-hmm. They just collect the money, you know. So like in Galway, for example, I rented a room for 480 euros. Um, but then when I actually moved in after seeing it once and looked at the mattress, it was like covered in blood stains. So I had to pay Ugh. 200 euros to buy a new mattress. Do you know what I mean? So I, I do think it leads you in a position where you're paying a lot, you're forking out a lot of money for houses that just don't have the kind of supplies that landlords are required to have, you know, if they are registered yeah. with the RTD. Jerry uh, uh, and Balls Bridges after texting in, Quiva. Uh, your earlier guest, Kieran, has his head in the sand. An eviction ban just equals fewer landlords and then more homelessness. And Ed says landlords are leaving the market every day because they see all their rights disappearing and the law becoming a bad tenants charter. Anyone who stays in the landlord game is a mug. Well, James is is one such landlord. I won't describe you as a mug, James. It wouldn't be fair. Um, <laughs> what's your own situation? Thank you, uh, Yeah, so... Probably, I can't believe what I'm hearing there from your other caller, but um, yeah, I, I never planned to be a landlord. 
So uh, we bought a we bought an apartment, uh, outgrew it. Um, it was still a negative equity, so we rented it, um, and we registered it RTB. It's in an RPZ, all that kind of stuff. We have a managing agent. Uh, the whole lot, the house was fully stocked and decorated, and mm. uh, furniture, everything. And I mean, you, you, I heard you saying there that people might replace items or anything like that. I mean, if a curtain hook falls out of the wall in our house, I'll get a phone call <laughs> to yeah. and fix it. Um, or the managing agent would now, thankfully. Um, but, I mean, the regulation and stuff like that is heavy. It does worry me. It's not the key reason why I'm getting out, but it's, it's one of them. But we've issued notice on the apartment simply because of tax. Um, it, it's punitive. So it, we have three tenants in a three-bedroom apartment, and we've actually got four of the same sums contributing. So I, I have to pay in tax every year what each of the tenants pay to live in the house. Um, and it's still underwater compared to what we paid for in 2006. So it's not like I'm getting a capital appreciation like I would have if I bought it in 1985. Yeah. Um, I'm paying a full mortgage. If the mortgage interest rate goes up, which I think they're going to go up about 2 or 3% probably in the next 12 or 18 months, it's just a loss to me. You know, uh, yeah. I might get, I'll get some, some tax relief on the interest. But because I can't claim tax relief on the capital repayment uh, for the mortgage, uh, it's it's just bust. So I end up with a five or six thousand euro a year tax bill plus fees. Uh, I have to pay management fees on the apartment. Yeah, twelve hundred quid, sixteen, seventeen hundred to a managing agent. Uh, pay insurance, all of that kind of stuff. And by the end of the year, you're seven thousand euro out of pocket, and you still can't sell it. So now it's at a point we can sell it yeah. and clear the mortgage on it. And, you know, as I said, we never we never intended to be a landlord. No. I, I kind of feel like um, we were in that situation because of negative equity from the, the financial crisis. Um, you could say it's our own fault or whatever for buying the place. But in 2012, there was people, friends of mine who were renting, laughing at us because we bought a place in 2006, you know? Yeah. So it swings around about here. There is a cyclical nature to it too. Um, and I had a good few friends who would have been fairly smug about that and said, you know, your own fault for buying, you know, you should have yeah. rented. Because you're, you're kind of indicative of, of, I think, a lot of people who are selling apartments now in that, you know, many of them never intended to be landlords and they couldn't sell because of negative equity and either now... You know, they they do stand to make a bit of money back or in your case just at least be able to clear the mortgage and, and escape from it. I mean, do you feel, James, when you listen to some of the coverage that, you know, you and others are kind of are, are kind of vilified sometimes? Always. Always. If you go onto Twitter or anything like that, I mean I've spoken to a well known a person who presented your show recently actually uh, about this in their constituency office and their whole take on that obviously was an opposition party was, well, you're going to do well out of capital appreciation. And I was saying, I can't buy shopping with capital appreciation. I'm losing money. I, I lose €500 Euro a month on this place in tax. Um, so I can't capital appreciation up to a par value of what we paid 16 years ago is not going to work for, for yeah. anybody. Because it, a new a new rental coming up, you see all these things about rises. Uh, and I can't believe it. When I, when I looked at how much we could rise at this year, it was €24. Euro. A month, um, we didn't even bother. And uh, one literally around the corner, exact same unit was went up for rent as a new rental, um, and it was about 
40%, no, sorry, 50% more. Wow. For the same unit. So yeah. in a market rent, I could put it up for that price or I could raise the rent and then I can actually pay the mortgage and the, the tax. So if you like the house or the apartment would yeah. wash its own face, say, for example. And then I could leave the people in situ and carry on and I have the risk on regulation side and stuff. But yeah. if you're making a couple of quid a month, that that's your well, own thing. You're, you're not alone, James. Plenty of other people texting in in, in similar situations. As I say, uh, uh, bought an apartment to live in, ended up as an accidental landlord. And now because of just house prices uh, is the time to get out of it. And that contributing to the issue of a lack of supply in the rental sector, which is fueling uh, these rent increases, the highest rate of increase in rents on record, uh, according uh, to daft.ie. Thank you to James, to Stephen, to Quiva and to everybody else as well getting in touch. 5310. Six, keep your text coming. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.